0: Crosspoint family, hello! So glad to be here, and so privileged to be able to share God's word with you this morning. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're blessed uh, by being part of this service. And I, I, there's a couple of things I want to share with you for which I'm very excited. Uh, first of all, I want to let you know that we are starting a new series. So Sunday morning messages sermons are going to be based for the next five weeks on a they're going to be based on a title of. Refresh. Refresh is going to be a series. It's going to be a five-message series um, designed for us to gain perspective, power, and purpose in order that we can live for God's glory. That's the idea. And you should also know that all five messages are going to be based off of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You guessed it. One of my favorite portions in Scripture. So make sure you you keep up with that. Uh, Sunday mornings, the next five Sunday mornings, Lord willing, if you miss one, the beautiful thing is that you can go to crosspointchristianchurch.com and uh, you'll see a link to all of these messages. And if you haven't downloaded our church app, I would highly encourage you to do so. You find all kinds of goodies in there from scheduling to events uh, to videos, audio recordings, all kinds of stuff that I would love for you to have access to and uh, get a chance to explore. Before I get into the message, however, I also want to share a couple of things with you. This coming week, uh, you you should be getting a message via email, maybe text, or even a YouTube video talking about a date for which we are planning to reopen physically and, and get together finally as a church. I know the 12th of July was a date that we had set. And just a week before that, numbers really spiked, especially in L.A. County, Southern California. And so we felt it best to wait just a little bit more. So Lord willing, this coming week, you'll get some information as to a a date for which we are planning to uh, reopen our doors physically and be able to gather. It's going to be different. Uh, Get your masks ready. I'm telling you right now. Get your masks ready and uh, just be ready to be flexible, but be ready to come uh, if you're able and willing, and uh, just have a, a special experience with God's family here at CrossPoint, I want to invite you to do that. Consider that. Another thing is that uh, as we uh, get open to get ready to reopen, I'm also very excited because you may not know this, but there's been several people that have actually gained uh, or have been added to our church. And by that I mean they found us online or somebody told them about. Uh, you know, our, about Crosspoint, and, and they've been able to uh, follow us uh, and, and watch these messages, whether it's Sunday morning. So I'm really excited to meet a lot of you that may be listening to this and we have never met physically. I'm looking forward to the opportunity uh, to meet you, whether it's as soon as we reopen our church doors or, or soon after that. Just our, our purpose at Crosspoint is that we believe God is going to save many people through Crosspoint. And some of you maybe come from, from other churches. We realize that as well. But we want to develop a simple discipleship process. That's what we're working on right now uh, for our future relaunch. And, uh, and the idea is that we, we believe that God has uh, chosen people, that, that He's calling people to Himself, and He is pleased in using Crosspoint as being part of that process. And so if you have never been at Crosspoint or been part of Crosspoint, but somehow God has managed to connect us, Uh, just know that we are super excited to know that God is working in us and through us to reach people like you. Very good. So, this morning, the message is entitled, Entertaining Eternity. Entertaining Eternity. Uh, And by that, I mean, you know, keeping in mind, meditating on eternity. Uh, We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the first eight verses. So the f- next five messages are going to be based off of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Today is the first one of those five messages, and we're going to read verses 1 through 8. And out of there, we're going to draw out three points that uh, for you note-takers uh, all start with or have to do with the letter F. And um, And we're going to see what we can learn about what entertaining eternity means. And the idea then, they're all going to be related to our Refresh um, series. And so we, we want to gain, again, perspective, power, and purpose to live for God's glory. And I, thought, I, I think this is important because many of us are, are probably, if you're like me, you're experiencing some kind of COVID-19 fatigue, perhaps. You know, the idea that we've been uh, isolated, that we haven't been able to meet as a church for, for many months now. Uh, maybe some of us have not returned to work. We've been working from home. Uh, you've been spending a lot of time with the kids, perhaps more than uh, than you were expecting to, um, and and just a lot of things have changed. Um, you know, haven't eaten at a restaurant. in I don't know how many months. Haven't gone to the movies, in I don't know how long. Haven't gone to a sporting event. Things like that. And again, many of us have have uh, all of us have experienced loss. And I, so I think right now is a good time uh, to to get into the Word and just. Uh, study and and look to be refreshed by God. And the way I believe he'll do that through his word is that as we gain perspective, power, and purpose to live for God's will, uh, we will be so much better off. All right. So the next five messages, a series called Refresh. And today, Entertaining Eternity is where we're going to start. And uh, I have a key verse that I want to share with you from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. So just You know, we're going to start in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, but in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, verse 16, you have this jewel of a verse that that just correlates really well with our message this morning. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, this is Paul speaking, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. And if you know a little bit about the Apostle Paul, you know the troubles and the hardships that he went through on a consistent basis. And so at this point, when he writes 2 Corinthians, he says, hey, this is why we never give up. He's, 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 he's uh, letting us know what is his motivation, what keeps him going. And, and he says, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. So talk about being refreshed. For Paul to be able to say, doesn't matter what I'm going through for the sake of the gospel and Christ, Himself, he says, though my body is wasting away and is dying, my inner spirit is being renewed every day. And that's what I want. I want that for myself. I don't want to feel fatigued. I don't want to feel tired. I don't want to feel uh, like I'm out of gas or burned out or anything like that. And it's normal to feel that way. And what we're saying is, let's be refreshed by God's word. And let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses one 1- through eight. So I'm looking forward to giving these five uh, messages for this series. I, I hope that you follow along and are, are blessed by it. Um, and, you know, just kind of keep in mind how you feel. Sometimes we don't even realize that we're experiencing anxiety or stress or fatigue or anything like that. Most of us, if you're like me, we tend to just kind of put our heads down and, and kind of keep going forward and, until something breaks down or, or we're just not feeling right. Well, Let's consider the fact that we have to come back to the source of refreshment. That is our Lord Jesus Christ, through His Holy Spirit, through His Word. I hope you're blessed by that. All right, since we're always going to be uh, running out of time, let's continue here. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. And as we look at this portion in Scripture, my hope is that we gain an eternal perspective for our lives. And uh, like I said, we're going to draw three aspects of the need to live with eternity on our minds and in our hearts in order to better deal with circumstances around us. So I know that you know, all of us are, are sharing in these circumstances like uh, just COVID-19, for example. That's something that we all shared. It's, we're affected in different ways, but um, there's other uh, circumstances that we share. There's some circumstances that you have as an individual for which you're experiencing a certain amount of stress and anxiety or fatigue, whatever it is. Uh, what we're saying is we need to, one, uh, the way to cure that or to alleviate that or to make that better is to learn to live with an eternal perspective in mind and in our hearts. That's what I hope that uh, we gain from this morning's message. So let's get right to it. Entertaining eternity means three things from this portion, 2 Corinthians 5, 1-8. through uh, and they all start or have to do with the letter F. So let's start with the first one. The first point is, in, entertaining eternity means accepting our frailty. Accepting our frailty. Learning to accept our frailty. We're fragile, beloved. You know, in many ways, we're very resilient. That's true. And in other ways, we're just super fragile. And, you know, for us as a world population as humanity, um, a tiny, tiny virus, if if we learn nothing else from this whole experience, is that a tiny virus can cause havoc in our humanity. We are frail individuals, and if we are going to be refreshed, we need to first uh, have eternity in mind And in order to do that, we need to learn to accept our frailty. Here today, gone tomorrow, says the word. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4 is where we're getting this first point from. So let me read that and and then talk a little bit about what it means to learning to learn to accept our frailty. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4 says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Paul, what are you saying? Part of what he's saying here in this portion, these first four verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, is that uh, we we want to look at the fact that we are frail. That he, 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 Paul, says, we know that if our earthly house, this tent, this body of ours, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And so, understanding that our bodies... And, and if you're old enough to understand what I'm saying, you realize this, that th- this body is temporary. We sometimes make the mistake to think that we are a body with a soul. In reality, it is much more true to say that we are a soul that happens to have a temporary body. And this physical body has limitations and it also has an expiration date. And we don't know when that is for for all of us or for any of us. And so we need to learn to live uh, with eternity in mind. And part of that is accepting our frailty. So let me tell you a little bit about um, why this is important. If you're thinking like, Mike, I'm not feeling refreshed, man. I'm feeling more stressed. You're talking about death and us being frail. But I think we need to learn to accept that. If we're ever going to get to the point where we can experience God's peace and joy and fulfillment and refreshment, we have to be honest with ourselves, and we have to be uh, we have to be willing to take an honest look at who we are. And when it comes to this body, we realize that it's temporary, you know. And I know we get all consumed uh, with how we look and work. For those of you, for those of you that like to work out and, uh, and you know running at five in the morning and doing all your stuff, which is great. Continue doing that. Um, you know, we, we still have to realize no matter how well we take care of our body, we're frail. Uh, this body is temporary. And the most important thing is the eternal. Um, and at the same time, you realize that if, if we're going to live a refreshed life, we can't have fear in our lives because fear causes an enormous amount of anxiety and stress think about the things that you fear. It's, you know, it's pretty well known that we tend to fear things that we don't understand. You know, I found something really interesting. I was doing some research, kind of typing in, what what do people fear the most? And if I was to ask you that, you probably already answered it in your mind, but what, do you, what would you say people fear the most? And I thought for sure I was going to find all kinds of surveys, and they would say, well, death is number one, and then public speaking always seems to be way up there, and you know small enclosed spaces and you know spiders and snakes and all that good stuff but oddly enough uh, in many of the websites that I ended up at they didn't even mention death and I found that super interesting so one of two things people are just not afraid of dying anymore which I doubt or people don't even want to use that as a category they rather not even think about the fact that we're frail and that we can be here today and tomorrow we can be gone. I think the fear of death is off the charts and they rather not even put it as an option. I don't know. That's my theory. Because I'll tell you what. I remember being four years old, five years old, all the way to maybe seven, eight years old. And I remember thinking a lot about death. I don't know if I'm just weird like that or... Uh, I'm still quite fascinated with with death and time as it passes and how we're here now and all of a sudden you're 44 years old and your kids are, you know, out of high school and and then before you know it you're having grandkids and it's like whoa 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 what's going on here like somebody got to put on the brakes but nobody does you can't time just continues and then before you know it one day Hebrews 9:27 it is appointed for people to die once and then comes the judgment. This is serious stuff, important stuff. So I'm so glad that you're listening. Um, But we need to understand that we tend to fear what we don't understand. And fear causes stress and anxiety. And one of the biggest fears that people have is the fear of dying. You know, COVID-19 is is a good example of that. Yeah, COVID-19 can kill you. It's a real thing. Uh, unfortunately, many of us now have actually experienced uh, f- uh, people, relatives that have become ill with COVID-19. Some of us have experienced deaths in, in family members, and so this is a real thing, and it's a real fear. That's why it's causing so much havoc around the world. Not only can it kill you, but it could also, you know, permanently damage you. That's why, in part, we're taking very serious this idea of making modifications when we do reopen church and make sure that we wear masks and. And uh, we're quite serious about that. All right. So, if we're not, if we're going to live refreshed or anxiety free or just better when it comes to stress, we have to deal with this problem of death. Paul brings it up right off the bat in chapter five. He says he talks about this this physical tent, this body, that it's 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 not going to last forever. But we have a better body waiting for us in heaven, and that's super important. So four through eight years old, myself, I remember thinking a lot about death, about extinction. Maybe I heard something at church, Jesus dying for us at the cross. I grew up in church or maybe something at school. I don't know. But I just remember meditating on this thought. And it was quite depressing, to be honest with you. I remember those feelings of feeling depressed and just like super sad at the idea that not only can I die, but my parents could die and like everybody can die. That's a pretty heavy burden for a five-year-old to be thinking about. But it's important to understand that Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity in their hearts. God put eternity in your heart and mind. And every person that enters this world has eternity placed in our hearts. That would explain why if you take a... um, Class, let's say um, anthropology class. Woo, an anthropology class. I remember taking that in college, and they talk about how every culture in this world has a religion or religious beliefs. Uh, the idea that there's something bigger out there. You know, even if you didn't grow up in church, you, you you know you might categorize yourself as agnostic, just the idea that I know there's something out there. I don't know quite what it is. Well, you could find the answer in the Bible, but if that's where you're at, just know that the reason why you even wonder about eternity and the eternal things is because God has placed eternity in your heart, in every person's heart. And I find that fascinating. Uh, Also, in dealing with death and our time, uh, James 4.14 says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. James says that's really what our life comes down to. It's like a vapor. In light of eternity, your life and mine, whether we live 100 years in this earth, it's, our life would be, in comparison, like a vapor. That's here today and gone tomorrow, just like that. Psalms 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. A wise person is a person who learns to number your days. Who learns to value our lives and understands that this life has has an end. So keep that in mind. If we are going to be um, refreshed, we need to be uh, mindful of eternity and we need to uh, be accepting of the fact that we are frail. You know, the Bible says that death is an enemy. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, it says that the last enemy will be destroyed, and that is death. He is no friend. Um, Let me, uh, I guess part of what I'm doing is I'm setting you up a little bit for the good news. But before I give you the good news, let me give you some bad news. I was doing a little bit of research because I was curious. Uh, You know, uh, we're talking about COVID-19, and and, and one of the biggest statistics is, you know, how many people have died of of COVID-19. And from my latest research, I have here that in the last about six months, we've had about 586,000 people worldwide die from COVID-19 related um, illness. 586,000 people, roughly half a million people have died in total in the last six months. Um, But let me give you a little perspective and this, has, this is just perspective on what we're talking about, which is the frailty of life and, and the fact that our, this life is temporary. Listen to this. A couple of numbers that you probably are aware of, but it's estimated that there's 7.6 billion people living on planet Earth. I'll say that again. 7.6 billion people living on planet Earth. You should probably know there's about 325,000 people. Sorry, 325 million people living in the U.S. 325 million people living in the U.S. Just in the U.S., it's estimated that 138,000 people have died from COVID-19. Just over 100,000. 138,000, which is terrible, right? Uh, Death is an enemy, and so we don't celebrate death. Uh, even if they're Christians, we don't go around saying like, "Oh, well, that's good." You know, they passed away. Or, well, they're with the Lord now, and it's true. But death is still an enemy, and Christ came to ratify rect- that, to fix that. But let me let me give you some startling statistics. You ever, have you ever asked yourself how many people, approximately? Of course, nobody knows exactly. But how many people die every year? The answer to that would be. 56 million people die around the world every year that comes down to over 1 million people every week there's 52 weeks in a year that means worldwide there's over a million people that die every single day around the planet about 6,000 people die just in the U.S. every day Um, I don't expect you to be fascinated with these statistics, but I think we need to know what's happening because every single one of these people that are passing away is an eternal soul that as they pass away from this life, they enter eternity and they are judged. Now, for a Christian, we've been judged at the cross by God's grace. So we're not waiting to die to see if we're going to be accepted by the Father. We realize that because of Christ's sacrifice, Our repentance and belief in Christ and what He did for us at the cross is sufficient for the forgiveness of our sins and for us to receive eternal life. Now, we are already saved for those of us who have trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But for other people that have not, the minute they step from this life, they enter into the next one and they are judged. And the question there, just for the record, is not, were you a sinner Because that we all are. It's what did you do with Jesus? And what did you do with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on your behalf? Did you accept it? Did you receive it? Did you just acknowledge it? Did you not care? Did you reject it? That is the question. So after all of those statistics, the point is we need to learn to accept Our frailty, and to be honest with ourselves, you know nobody wants to die, but we have to think about that. We have to accept the fact that we're frail and that our life here is going to end. Now, we're certainly not going to leave the message there because we want to get to our second point. So, if we are when we talk about entertaining eternity, we have to accept our frailty, and secondly, we have to understand God's favor we accept our frailty but we understand God's favor. This is really important. Understanding God's favor. And for that we're going to read verses 5 and 6 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 5 and 6 says, "Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. So these two verses talk about the fact that we need to understand God's favor. When Paul says, Hey, this body's going to die and we're going to get this new body. And then in verse uh, five, he says, Now the one that made all this possible is God. And that's where I'm getting this idea of we need to understand God's favor. And by favor, we talk about his grace and his mercy. Not His justice. His justice will require for us to be separated from Him for all of eternity, for we're all sinners. But His mercy says, I forgive you. And His grace says, not only do I forgive you, but I adopt you as son. I want you to spend eternity with me. We need to understand God's favor. Yes, we're all going to die. We are frail individuals as humans. But God has favored us in such a way that when this life ends, We will experience a better life for all of eternity. Isn't that awesome? Now, God has a purpose. God has purposed this for us. John 14, I'll read a couple of uh, verses that reminds us of this. John 14, verses 1 through 3. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to His disciples right before He's getting ready to go. And He says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. And then he says these beautiful words. Verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Then Thomas says, like, we don't know where you're going. And Jesus says those famous words in verse 16, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me beautiful verse beautiful promises that let us know that God is the one that has purposed this for us and then uh, Romans 8:28 is another beautiful portion where Paul tells us what God has done for us Romans 8:28 through 30 listen to this beautiful scripture it says and we know that all things work together for good to, for those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, God's purpose, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, these He also called, whom He called, He also justified, and whom He justified, these He also glorified. God did all of the work. He is the one that has purposed all of this for us. So we have to understand his favor towards us. And then verse 5, towards the end of that verse, says, now he has who has prepared this for us, the very thing, is God, who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. He has also given us his spirit as a has given us the spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, as a guarantee. And we could spend a whole sermon on that for sure, but we're only going to touch on that, the fact that he has given us his, the spirit as a guarantee. This probably reminds you of something else that Paul said in Ephesians 1:13 and 14. I read it to you. It says, "In him, Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the guarantee? Of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Understanding our frailty or accepting our frailty and then understanding God's favor gets us closer to the place where we want to be experiencing refreshment. We want to be refreshed. We understand our frailty, we accept or we understand God's favor for us. Uh, that He took our place at the cross. I want to meditate a little bit on point three, so I'm going to jump right in. So first point, we accept our frailty. Second point, we understand God's favor. And three, we must believe our future. We must believe our future. In order for us to entertain eternity, or what that means, entertaining eternity, means that we would believe our future. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 7 and 8 says this, For we walk by faith, not by sight, Paul says. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Those famous words, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we believe this by faith. And so it is important that we believe our future. What, what is in store for you? See, many times, the reason why we're stressed, uh, maybe burned out, especially stressed or anxious about stuff, many times, for different reasons, but many times, we get anxious and stressed over things that might happen. This could happen. That might occur. You know, what if this happens? What if that? What if this doesn't go right? What if I don't get that job? What if I lose my job? What if I, you know, what if my son does this? What if my daughter? I mean, there's an endless amount of ifs that, that we can, if, if we're not careful, we would allow to stay in our minds these thoughts that just rob us of our peace and our joy many times. So we have to believe our future. What is our future? We're going to take a look right now, but we have to believe it. We saw what God has done for us. We saw what God's favor looks like. Now we have to believe it, beloved. You have to believe it. Uh, And it has to do with faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We must believe Him. Not just that He exists, but that He exists and we have to believe what He says and who He is. And here it says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord in 2 Corinthians 5:18. All right. Let me share one more scripture with you. And that is Romans 8:16. Romans 8:16. Talking about believing our future. Look look at what it says here. Romans 8:16 8, through 18 says The Spirit Himself, that will be the Holy Spirit Himself, bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. Not that we will be, but that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That's who you are. That's who we are. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. And then Paul says these wonderful, wonderful words. He says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Again, you have to understand that Paul suffered much for the cause of Christ. In other portions of Scripture, he describes all of the turmoil that he endured. And yet he says these light afflictions don't compare to the glory that is in store for us as children of God. Beloved, we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. In Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare His own Son but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not together with Him give us all things? God's, God's purpose, God purposed to share everything with us. And it says, if He didn't withhold His one and only Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, if He didn't hold Him back but gave Him for all of us, why would He take anything back? Why would he hold anything back? He already gave that which was most important, valuable to him. Why would we think that he would withhold anything else? We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. The question is always, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe that God loves you? That He is for you and not against you. I know we hear those things. I know we've maybe mentioned them. Maybe we've memorized them. But do you believe it? Do you have that faith to believe that God loves you and that He is for you and not against you? Because tell you what, the enemy is out there and around and seeking whom he may devour like a roaring lion. And one of the ways that he attacks is through our thoughts. And one of the ways that we allow ourselves to be brought down is through our thinking, our thought process, in our imagination. We have to hold and take every thought captive and just turn it over to the Lord. Look at what uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. So the key verse to start this off was 2 Corinthians four sixteen. So I'm going to read that one plus the next two verses. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day or refreshed. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Satan's going to come around and remind you of your past. And I heard somebody say, hey, when Satan comes around and reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. Now, somebody else said that. I'm not telling you to do that. Do what the Word says. says, resist the devil and he will flee. But it sounds pretty good, right? If, if, if somebody comes around and reminds you of your past, all you got to do is remind yourself of your future in heaven with God, in the presence of God, experiencing His glory as He shares everything with us. Isn't that amazing? And that, beloved, is not just wishful thinking. That's why I made it a point to have all these verses and share them with you. I hope you took down these notes, these points, and these portions that I read, and for you to go back and read them and reread them and really see for yourself. Let God speak to you through His Spirit and through His Word. Let Him speak to you so that you don't believe things just because you heard them from me or from somebody else as you were growing up in church or what have you, but that they are convictions, personal convictions, based on God's Word. Because when you do that, then you will learn to accept your frailty as human beings, you will understand God's favor through Jesus Christ, and you will believe in your future. And when we do that, We are are entertaining eternity. We're thinking about, we're meditating about the eternal stuff. You know, Colossians 3 says that if we have been raised together with Christ, then we should set our minds on the things above, not the things on earth. There are so many things that are crying for your attention. And, And all of us are guilty of giving our attention to things that are not worthy, that don't compare to God's greatness. We, we just do that. We're humans. But maybe a message like this kind of helps us recalibrate and be reminded of the fact that if we're going to live a refreshed life, not burned down with all the circumstances which are real and important, we need to deal with those, but despite the circumstances around you, even if we're in the middle of a storm, knowing that God is with us and He has promised us that He will never leave us or forsake us, should bring comfort joy, and peace that will ultimately result in a refreshing of God upon our spirits. And if we're refreshed, then we'll experience peace, happiness, contentment, all that good stuff that we get from God, and we're able to impact other people with God's gospel, with His word, with His truth, with His promises. If we're all grumpy, And we look like we're, you know, this sour patch. What are you going to tell people? Hey, I want to share some good news with you, huh? (laughs) If we're refreshed by God, then we're more likely to attract people unto Him and His goodness. I hope you're blessed by this message, beloved. So, entertaining eternity. We can't live just based on what we see and what we experience now. We have to keep in mind our future. Keep in mind our frailty, but keep in mind God's favor for us and keep in mind your future, what is in store for you based on God's character and His promises. And the next four weeks, Lord willing, we will continue this uh, series entitled "Refresh." gaining perspective, power, and purpose to live for God's glory. So what I want to do now is I want to um, have communion with you, and I am very much looking forward to having communion with you as we get together, not virtually, but literally, physically, hopefully soon. Uh, And like I said, this week you should be uh, hearing from us as to what date we have chosen to attempt a a reopening, a physical reopening of our premise here at church. Very good. I'm going to take the elements for communion. When we take communion, beloved, we are reminded in a very real way of God's favor for us. And when we talk about God's favor, He's done so much. I mean, the very fact that we exist and that we're alive and we get to breathe and, and think and wonder. All of that are God's gifts, God's favor for us. We didn't get ourselves here. It is only by God's grace and His favor. But even when we get here, we realize that we are born with a sinful nature. We inherited that from Adam, our our first father, everybody's first father. And that through Adam, Paul explains in Romans, that because of his sin and his disobedience, all of his descendants are born with this sinful nature. That's why nobody had to tell you or teach you how to lie, uh, how to be a, a meanie, how to be selfish, or how to curse or get angry and lose your temper or anything like that that is displeasing to God. Nobody had to teach you that. You were born with those special skills. And that's because you were born like the rest of us with a sinful nature. And God understanding that and having mercy on us, because He loved us, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God so loved the world. God so loved you that He was willing to give up His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, that whosoever places their faith on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so this juice, this cup reminds us of the blood of Christ that was spilled on our behalf, shed for the remission of our sins at the cross of Calvary some 2,000 years ago. And this bread represents his body. It reminds us of the fact that he was, though God and spirit, he became a man, was born of the Virgin Mary, had a, we've been studying on Tuesday and Thursday nights, the Gospel of John, had stepbrothers, stepsisters, had a stepdad, and he had a body. And he lived approximately 33 years a sinless perfect life and then he offered it as a sacrifice as a payment for your sins and mine for the sins of the world and so if we come to repentance if we hear the gospel we come to repentance we realize that we're sinful and spiritually bankrupt that we need a savior and we read in the word that Jesus is the only one that can get us to God and we accept that we receive that then we receive forgiveness of sins we receive a new life and that is why and how The Holy Spirit comes to reside, to live in us. It is God's gift to us as a guarantee of our inheritance. So this this bread represents Christ's body that was crucified on our behalf. And so let me read. If you have this relationship, you have this understanding and this relationship with God, then you may partake understanding that We are celebrating, recognizing what God has done for us through Christ our Lord. And he says, Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this. I'm sorry, I've lost my place here. My body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you so much for allowing us this time together. Thank you for allowing us to take time aside and be refreshed by your word. We pray for this series. We ask that It will reach many hearts, many ears, and that You, Holy Spirit, will do a transforming work in all of us. We need to be refreshed by You. No matter where we are in life and no matter what we're we're facing, whether individually, as a whole, as a community, or even as a world, we need You, Father. We recognize our need of You. We pray that You would cleanse us, that You would refresh us, and that You would help us to be obedient, to be in Your Word. We we realize that it's through Your Word that... um, You will speak to us and work in our lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence and your power. Father, we are grateful for all that you've done. We pray that you would dismiss us with your blessing. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. God bless you, beloved. Till next time.